episode 93 of slam city guys raymore here and other co-hosts who should be here shortly soon on this summer day in new york city got a lot to discuss today in the world of the nfl because you know a lot of things happening other than colin kaepernick but stuff in preseason so we have nfl analysis gary davenport who works at blue tree port and also a, a fantasy football guru if i might add because you know he does have a lot of interesting stuff that i want to actually ask him more about that but let's start off with more about the Jets and other preseason games. So, Gary, it's Ray here. How are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty well. It's getting to be that time of year where things get really busy, but that's a, the busier I get, the closer it means that football is, and football makes me happy. Yeah, I know. I mean, I was excited, too, when, especially because when the Jets drafted Sam Darnold, I kind of got a little, I guess I was questioning the decision because of USC quarterbacks and how, you know, the history of them not really being successful in the NFL other than maybe Carson Palmer, but... Looking at Sam Darnley's first two preseason games, I gotta say I'm pretty impressed. What do you think? Oh, I've been impressed too. I, I, it's hard to believe that the Jets might actually have, and this is something that you don't normally hear about the New York Jets. They might have too many quarterbacks. I mean, you've got <laughs> know. Teddy Bridgewater that's been very impressive in training camp. You've got Josh McCown who's a capable veteran, and you've got Darnold <clears throat> who has shown well in the early going. So that I mean, the Jets could have some interesting decisions to make over the next couple of weeks. Almost the best case scenario for them might be you don't wish injuries on any NFL team, but if you see a team befall an injury at its quarterback position over the next couple of weeks, I can guarantee you that team is going to pick up the phone and call the New York Jets, and you could see a situation kind of similar to what the Philadelphia Eagles did when they shipped Sam Bradford out of town. You can pick up you know, maybe maybe a nice day two pick or something and kind of solve your quarterback dilemma because I think at some point in the 2018 season, Sam Darnold is going to start games for the Jets. I see that based on these two preseason games, though, that Darnold, what presses me the most is his poise and his pocket awareness. And I know he threw one pick yesterday, but really I feel like there was a coaching that really, I think that was just a bad play call that they had on him. But really everything else that I've seen from him, from his arm strength, and I think they're, they're probably handcuffing him just a little bit, but do you think he's going to start in the next preseason game? Oh, in the third preseason game, I would give him at least some time with the ones. You know, you want to see him with the starting offense. You want to see him go against starting defenders. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I would necessarily start it, but you want to give him some of those reps. The biggest thing with Darnold, and we saw a little bit of it in this last game, turnovers. Yeah, and you just cannot turn the ball over in the National Football League, it's the kiss of death. And that plagued him a little bit at USC this past year. So if he can improve that decision-making a little bit and, you know, know when not to throw the ball as much as when to throw it, he's going to be fine. I, I, As a Cleveland Browns fan, had the Browns taken Sam Darnold number one overall, I wouldn't have freaked out. There was only one of the big four rookie quarterbacks that I absolutely did not want the Browns to take, and he's playing in Buffalo right now. Interesting you say that because you look at the Browns, and we'll go to the Jets a second before, but the Browns, they drafted Baker Mayfield, and I know you're a Browns fan. What did you think when they drafted him, and what did you think of him in the first preseason game against the Giants, even though he was playing with the second and third team people, really? You know, he's not the quarterback I would have taken number one overall, at least at the time, and I'll admit that. But John Dorsey's got a track record of making good personnel decisions. And granted, it was just one preseason game, and like you said, it was playing with reserves against second-string defenders. But, I mean, Mayfield looked, I don't want to say great, sounds like I'm maybe throwing a superlative on there, but he he looked really good. Made good decisions with the football, extended plays with his legs. And when he did extend those plays with his legs, he still had his eyes down the field, still looking to get rid of the ball. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see if he can build on that performance tonight. On the highlight, who who would have ever thought that the highlight game, even in preseason week, would be Browns against Bills? But, you know, everyone wants to see Baker Mayfield square off against Josh Allen. Yeah, and I know the Browns have absolutely been emphatic that Tyrod Taylor is going to be their starting quarterback to open the season. But if Mayfield goes out and throws up another great showing. Then in week three, much like I just said with Sam Darnold, I want to see Baker Mayfield get some reps with the starters against first-team defenders. I mean, we they know what they have in Tyron Taylor. So, you know, let Mayfield play with the ones a little bit. Then, you know, Tyron Taylor also played well in the first preseason game with the Giants. And if you were the head coach, if you had to decide between Taylor or Mayfield to start the season, who would you start? 
Oh, I'm probably going to roll out Tyrod Taylor. I don't know that there's necessarily this big pressure to get Mayfield out there right away. It's not like the Browns are going to be competing for a playoff spot or anything. If they could win six games this year, I would do cartwheels down the <laughs> middle of the street in front of my house. Interesting. And you're going up against a Pittsburgh team that has a tendency to come at you with some exotic blitz packages, and I don't know that that's necessarily the opponent I would want a rookie quarterback making his NFL debut against. But at some point in this 2018 season, I don't know that I want Mayfield to redshirt the entire year. You know, if we get to November and the Browns are out of it, which of course they'll be out of it by November, at some point you got to let the kids start a game. you got to see exactly what you have, see how much progress he's made. Because Tyrod Taylor is a capable NFL quarterback, but that's all he's ever going to be. He's not great by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we don't know with Mayfield. It's He's got upside. He has potential. Tyrod Taylor doesn't have it. And if you, Jackson, mentions one more time about making Drew Stamp the number two quarterback over Baker Mayfield, I'm going to drive to Cleveland and slap him myself. <laughs> I just think he's trying to protect him as much as possible. I mean, when you got a rookie quarterback and – you know, where what his size is and everything, Baker Mayfield. I kinda understand it and I know I think he's gonna be good too. And it's funny when this draft class came, I think I always had a quarterbacks that are drafted in the top ten or whatever, there's always gonna be three situ- three things gonna happen. He's gonna have one quarterback who's gonna be a star, one quarterback's gonna be average and one quarterback's gonna be a bust. And now if you had to predict and I know it's kinda early to say because 'cause they're only the first years, but if you had to predict who will be the star, the average quarterback and bust, who would it be? You know, I think three of those top four honestly have the potential to be really good NFL starters. Darnold, Mayfield, and Josh Rosen in Arizona. I know his preseason debut wasn't as good as Darnold's or Mayfield's, but Josh Rosen was my number one quarterback entering the NFL draft. I think he's the most NFL-ready of the bunch. His biggest problem in Arizona is going to be their offensive line. is not good. And he's not a quarterback that's going to extend plays with his legs. So if he doesn't have that pass protection he's going to struggle. And we're going to see him at some point this year because there are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and Sam Bradford getting hurt. <laughs> so That's Rosen true. is going to be on the field at some Josh Allen, I, he's got a right arm like a cannon, can throw it 75 yards in the air off his knees or whatever. He's not an accurate quarterback. And accuracy is generally not something you can coach. Either quarterbacks are accurate or they are not accurate there are there are a couple inaccurate college quarterbacks who went on to improve greatly in the national football league but for every one that did improve there are five that didn't and i just i don't see it with josh allen interesting so you think that allen will be the most likely the bus and the other three will be good quarterbacks maybe even great I think they have the potential to be great quarterbacks. I, like you said, odds are we're not going to see all three achieve greatness. If we do, then we're going to be talking about the quarterback class of 2018 the same way that we talked about the QB class in 1983. And that's setting the bar awfully high. Yeah. And, you know, there were a couple quarterbacks in that class of 83 that didn't go on to do a lot in the National Football League level. And I just, I am relatively, if Josh Allen does become a high-end NFL starter. I will be the first to admit I'm wrong, but <laughs> I'm fairly confident that the Bills are going to live to regret that pick. Yeah, I agree, too. I just, you know, I mean, it's good to have raw potential, but if you can't throw the ball accurately, I mean, you can have all the arm strength you want. It doesn't mean anything. Going going back to the Jets, and then we'll actually talk about the Steelers, too, because in their situation, Sam Darnold, I predicted already, even before training cramp, I think, that he will start week one against the Detroit Lions. Are you on that path, or you still believe that maybe Teddy Bridgewater may start, or he may be traded before the season started? Yeah, I'm leaning harder toward Darnold starting than I was. I, you know, I would have. And the Jets, especially if Bridgewater somehow remains on the roster, they have the luxury of they're not in a position where there's going to be a ton of pressure to roll them out there. Josh McCown played well last year until he got hurt. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, when last we saw him, he led the Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs in 2015. So. They have some margin for error there, some margin to work it along slowly. But if Darnold continues to play well and shows, hey, you know, maybe this kid is ready to start an NFL game, then you might as well do it. I mean, Josh McCown, God love him, is 54 years old. And Teddy Bridgewater is a stop. Teddy Bridgewater is not the future quarterback of the New York Jets. They did not trade up to number three 
so that Sam Darnold could hold a clipboard for Teddy Bridgewater. So if he's ready to go, roll him out there. Now, I'm I'm not a huge fan of, of rookie quarterbacks that absolutely start out of the gate, but I'm also not a fan of, oh, no, though, these guys should sit for a year and learn. Some For some players, it's good to sit there and watch and kind of get a feel for how the game unfolds at the NFL level. For other guys, they learn by doing. And the best way you can is just roll them out there and let them make a few mistakes, let them make a few plays, and they'll get better. Yeah, you know, players like, I think in the past we've seen like Lux star, Wilson star, like those guys, even RG3 too before he got injured, and, and they, you know, roll them out there and they played well in the first year, and then from that point on, you know, they continue to grow. Um, going to the Steelers now, what is happening with them in this health situation? Like you got Ben Roethlisberger's, I think, deal with a concussion, and Antonio Brown has an injury as well. And I don't even think they even signed Le'Veon Bell yet. Like, what's happening with the Steelers? I uh, they just need to be patient and take a deep breath and just wrap Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown in bubble wrap and stick them up on a shelf and do not and put a big sticker on the front that says "Do not open until week one." You know, these are veteran players. They know the drill. It's not like they need a bunch of preseason reps to be ready to go in week one against Cleveland. Le'Veon Bell, uh, it appears that we're headed toward another situation very similar to last year. He's going to show up at the stadium two hours before kickoff to week one, put on a uniform, and go play running back. It makes me nervous in fantasy football and from an NFL perspective because you're talking about a player who had over 400 total touches last year, who held out last year and didn't have any kind of preseason or training camp. Yeah, now he's going to come in and do that again. He has something of an injury history. I just Were I picking number one overall in a fantasy draft, which I haven't had the opportunity to do yet this year because God hates me, <laughs> I don't know that Le'Veon Bell would be my guy. I think for me it's between David Johnson and Todd Gurley. The workload scares agree, me. Yeah. The holdout thing scares me. And he's just primed for regression. And if he regresses, all of a sudden the Steelers have problems because so much of what they're able to do offensively. Granted, Antonio Brown is fantastic, but if they can't run the ball, it's going to make it that much harder for them to move the ball through the air. So the Steelers could be a Super Bowl team. It's also not that hard to imagine them hovering around the you know 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, and seven margin and potentially even missing the playoffs altogether because that's right around where I think the Ravens will be. It's 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, you know, not a great team, but not a bad team. Cincinnati, if they get some line play, is a team that's capable of winning nine games. So the Steelers, while just about everyone is picking them to win the AFC North, and I don't blame them, I did the same thing, I don't know that they have the market for error that a lot of people assume they do. You look at the AFC North, and it's funny because I did predictions for the last two divisions, but AFC North, I think I see possibly either the Ravens winning the division or the Steelers, depending on what's happening with their teams, you know, going forward. Because you look at the Ravens, right, and you look at Lamar Jackson, and now the quarterback controversy is happening with him and Joe Flacco. And I know he's not going to start this year, but if Flacco has a slow start to the season, do you see Lamar Jackson possibly starting? Oh, I think we could see him start at some point this year if Flacco falls flat. I mean, if we're halfway through October and the Ravens are sitting at 2-4 and four and Flacco's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns, then, yeah, there's going to be a full-blown quarterback controversy. And I and it's going to put pressure on the Ravens to roll Lamar Jackson out there. And as athletic as Jackson is and how much, as fun as he is to watch and as sky-high as his ceiling is and the, the potential, he just oozes it. He's not ready to play to start an NFL game. You, you can see it. From the, he's another guy that accuracy is a bit of an issue. I mean, this is a guy who's just starting to learn to read defenses. Playing under center is new for him. He never did that at Louisville. So I think the best thing the Ravens can do is just be patient. I, mean, I, I know that Baltimore is not a team that's used to the idea of rebuilding. They want to be a perennial Super Bowl contender. But the reality is this is a team that hadn't made the playoffs in the last three years. Probably not going to make the playoffs this year. Don't mess up Jackson for years down the road in some hurry to try and get him out there so that maybe you can get a wild card first and be a one and done. You know, they're not going to go to the playoffs like they did in 2012 and peel off four wins and win the Super Bowl this year. You know, that already happened once, and that's only going to happen once. 
Speaking of 2012, you look at that year also when Kyle Kaepernick was the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, and they were like really one play away from winning the Super Bowl if it weren't for a call that should have been called <laughs> and at the end of the game. Um, there are speculations. Well, actually, I read, I actually heard actually that from the Broncos, John Elway said that they offered Kaepernick a contract for him to be with the team, and Kaepernick said no. Is that pretty much saying to everybody that Kaepernick would probably never be in the NFL, that he had his chance and he didn't take it? Well, Elway, I don't want to say he was disingenuous, but he didn't really tell the whole story either. This was a couple of years ago where he was still technically under contract to the San Francisco 49 of that big contract. Though. Before the new BC deal. And the Broncos wanted him to accept a massive pay cut. 42%. And he wouldn't do it. And, you know, that's a little bit different than saying, you know, we offered him a deal and he just straight said no. I kind of doubt that we're ever going to see Colin Kaepernick on an NFL field again, and that's it's too bad. You cannot tell me that all 32 backup quarterbacks in the National Football League right now are better than Colin Kaepernick. That's nonsense. It makes no – it's factually inaccurate and utterly laughable. But you know, there's just so much controversy swirling around him and so many – you know, if a team signs Colin Kaepernick, you can just about guarantee that there's going to be a tweet fired off from the White House that night and the 35% of Americans who are fervent supporters of said tweeter are going to be all over you. You know, they're going to scream boycott and swear up and down that they won't go to the games that they weren't going to go to anyway. And it's just going to turn into a big thing. It's the same thing with Eric Reed. I mean, we're seeing some safety injuries around the NFL. Yeah. Teams have got to get hurt. There are some teams where their safety situation is just not good. Eric Reed's a Pro Bowl caliber player in the prime of his career, and yet he's sitting at home on his couch because of the stance he took. And there, you can't say it's about his performance on the field or his abilities out as a player because it's just not. There's no way that argument just goes into water. It's ridiculous. I don't. I, I hope Kaepernick will get it, but it doesn't look like it anytime soon unless for some reason some team just calls him and tells him that he should start for them like i i feel like the one team that could do it but i don't think they'll do it is jacksonville because of blake bortles and his situation of being accurate with the ball but most likely like it's a consistent play i mean they made it far last season but really because of that defense so i mean i, I don't see that happening anytime well, soon. you look at seattle i mean that's a yeah. team that yeah, they, they for Kaepernick and Eric Reed, you can make an argument that they have a need at back of quarterback. They absolutely have a need in safety. Cam Chancellor is retired. Mm-hmm. Earl Thomas is holding. I don't think we're going to see Earl Thomas ever play another down for the Seattle Seahawks. They need, and you would think Seattle of all places, a very progressive city, that the fans there would maybe be, in the 12th man, you know, if the team says it's okay, they're going to buy into it, that there might, maybe there wouldn't be quite as much backlash in a place like Seattle as there would be in, say, Detroit for the idea of signing Colin Kaepernick or Eric Reed. But once again, it hasn't. NFL teams are just so wary of any sort of controversy, distraction, whatever you want to call it, coming around the team. Sometimes I think they're almost too scared of it. I mean, if it's going to help my defense get better or it's going to fortify my quarterback position, like you said in Jacksonville, if Blake Morris gets hurt, the Jaguars have big problems. Yeah. And it's not like they don't have little problems even when Bortles is healthy. Yeah. So, but I, Tom Coughlin, I don't see doing something like it. He's just not the kind of – he's very much an old-school type of personnel executive. So I wouldn't hold my I – do, I don't expect to see Colin Kaepernick play again, and it's too bad. What about, what about Eric Reed? Do you see him play possibly? I mean, he's all pro safety. This guy, I, I could see him if somebody gets injured at safety position. Like, let's say the Jets, some reason the Jamal Adams gets injured or something. You don't see that Todd Bowles will call up Eric Reed? You know, I would say it's probably less than 50 50. There were reports that the Tennessee Titans, when they lost uh, John Cyprian, got in touch with Eric Reed and were going to fly him in for a workout and something his flight was delayed so he was late getting there and they didn't want to wait too long without offering Kenny Vaccaro a deal so they just went ahead and signed Vaccaro. Now I don't know how much of that I believe but at least it sounded like a team was going to bring him in for a workout. Maybe if we see an injury in the regular season a team will bite the bullet there but if I had to bet one way or another right now I'd go no. 
Oh damn, that stinks. Uh, going to the Giants now. Now you had Saquon Barkley. The Giants picked. I mean, the Giants picked him on the second round. You know, second pick of the, the first round. What do you think of Barkley and his impact for this team? I know it was first preseason game. I don't even think he's gonna play the second one because he's apparently dealing with an injury right now. But what do you think of him so far? Yeah, first carry was something to see. Yeah, <laughs> pretty special. I think the hype with Saquon Barkley is maybe just a little overboard. You know, just we're crowning him a little. Let's let him play a couple regular season games before we call him the best running back in the NFL. The talent is absolutely there. He can shoot through a hole and be gone in the length of an eye. He can catch the ball out of the back to open pass protect. Very well-rounded skill set. He is a guy sometimes, though, where the hole isn't there right away. At least this is what I saw from him at Penn State. I'm a Big Ten guy, so I watched a lot of our leader. If the hole isn't there right away, then rather than, you know, fight upfield and try to pick up three or four yards, he's going to try to bounce it outside. He's always looking for that long run. And to be successful in the NFL, I think sometimes you need to know when to just, okay, I'm going to take this three or four yards and let's fight another day. So I think we might see a few more carries for a loss, see him stuffed a few more times than I think some people expect to see. And a lot's going to depend on you know, how well that revamped Giants line plays. You know, Nate Calder and them come out, and they're opening holes for Barkley. He could lead the NFL in rushing as a rookie. I mean, we've had rookies lead the league the last two years. But let's just everyone deep breath about the Giants suddenly becoming this resurgent team in the NFC East. I would say that's probably Philly's division to lose. Although, you know, Carson Wentz might not be ready for week one. He's got rumblings that Alshon Jeffrey could open the season on the top list. As the injuries start piling up for Philly, then I think the NFC East get a lot more interesting. Because I don't know that there's really a bad team in that division. That's true, actually. I think that's the most competitive division in the league, probably right now, from top to bottom. Yeah, that or the, the NFC South, with the exception of Tampa Bay, is just loaded. Yeah. Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, those are three. I mean, they put three teams in the playoffs last year or so. And I think Tampa was a better team last year than really their record indicated. So that's another division. I think the AFC South this year, too. Yeah. You know, I know that division's kind of been like the league's punchline the last three or four years. First team to nine wins. But Houston, if they can stay healthy, you look at some of the horses they have on defense, especially when it comes to getting after the quarterback with Watt, Merciless, Clowney. They did Deshaun Watson back. We saw what he was capable of doing those five or six weeks that he led the offense last year. Then you've got Jacksonville, of course, with that phenomenal defense. The Tennessee Titans won a playoff game last year. And, you know, the Indianapolis Colts are a completely different team when they've got Andrew Luck under center. That was a team that won, what, three division titles in a row, I think, with Luck? Mm-hmm. Before he got injured. Interesting. So, I mean, that's another division that I, I – it's one where just about everyone is picking the Jaguars to kind of walk away with it. And I don't know that it's going to be that easy for Jacksonville. They're going to have to play better offensively and have that defense again step up. And you might want to tape Jalen Ramsey's mouth shut. <laughs> hey, he's talking a lot of crap down his quarterback. I don't know why he did all that. Going back with the Giants, though, and actually even a fancy question before we get into the Giants. Would you pick Barkley in the first or second round or you pick him later on? Oh, Saquon Barkley's not going to make it out of range. He hasn't made it out of the first round in any draft that I've been in this year. He's normally coming off the board. The first four picks are almost assuredly going to be some combination. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and Ezekiel Elliott, the big four running backs. The fifth pick, 99% of the time, is then going to be Antonio Brown. That's when that first wide receiver comes off. Once you get to that six, seven, eight spot, that's usually right. You know, that's You'll see Alvin Kamara. Uh, Barkley, DeAndre Hopkins, those guys kind of sort of, he's not, I don't think I can think of a draft where he made it out of the top 10. Interesting. Because I did a draft a couple of days ago, and I, because I was like, I think the 10th or 11th, I believe, and I, I did it this way this year. I went running back, running back, and then receiver, receiver, and then I think wide receiver, running back, and then quarterback. So I had ended up with Melvin Gordon, and who's the other who's the other running back? I believe I think it was from the Chiefs, probably. But besides them, I have wide receiver Landry and Cooper, and then I have Phil Rivers. I think seventh or eighth round. So I kind of went differently this year because I usually just go running back, wide receiver. But I went running back, running back. I want to see how that goes out throughout the year. 
Um, running back or the running back position, we've kind of gone back to the future in fantasy football. A couple of years ago, everyone's talking up the zero RB theory and taking wider, taking two wide receivers with the first two picks, so on. So this year, we've gone right back to old school. The running backs are flying off the board. If you don't take a running back with at least one of your first two picks, then you are going to be picking from the cupboard is going to be mighty bare by the time you go to start filling out your backfield. So unless you're really confident in your ability to identify a sleeper running back, yeah, you're going to want to attack that position aggressively early. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, the Giants, do you see them being legit playoff contenders or are they just going to be like a team where they'll be like 9-7 and seven and they'll miss the playoffs? Yeah, I have a hard time seeing the Giants making the playoffs this year. Not because I don't expect them to be a vastly improved team, but because the NFC is just so much more loaded than the AFC. I mean, there could be a 10-win team in the NFC this year miss the playoffs. I have no problem imagining that. And that's just, it leaves the Giants with just no margin for error. I don't know that they're that good. Now, that's it. If they were to go 10 and 6, 11 and 5 and make the post, I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, this is much, they made the playoffs two years ago. It's Last year was just everything that could go wrong did, mm-hmm. and then some. I yeah. mean, their entire wide receiver core got hurt in the same game. So <laughs> I, crazy. they're going to be improved this year. I just don't know if it will be improved enough to make the postseason. If they were in the AFC, I'd have a much easier time imagining them in the postseason than in the NFC. Yeah, she's just loaded. This is really loaded. And speaking of this, and I think this is the last question before I let you go. If you had your early, early Super Bowl prediction, what would it be? Oh, uh, the AFC, I got to go New England. Like I said, there's not. Yeah. The I mean, AFC isn't nearly as top-heavy as the NFC. I think we're coming toward the end of the road with the Brady-Belichick signing. I think they've got at least one more trip to the Super Bowl. And then in the NFC, that is a much harder call. You know, Philadelphia is really good, but they've got the injuries. Minnesota just looks so loaded. Yeah, because yeah. well, they look great in the preseason opener too. You got the Rams, who added every veteran free agent that was available in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Minnesota narrowly over Philadelphia, a measure of revenge for last year's NFC title game, butt kicking. But it's not a pick I'm supremely confident in. There's half a dozen teams you could rattle off in the NFC that if they were to represent the conference in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised at all, whereas in the AFC there's three. I just feel like in the NFC, and I think I said this before, the Rams I think I think the road to Super Bowl is going to go through the Rams. I just feel like that team's loaded on defense and offense, and I think Jared Goff's going to take that next step probably this year. That's just me. The Rams need to bust out the checkbook, get it out the drawer in the office, and pay to the order of Aaron Donald and just let him fill in the rest and get him into camp. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, Gary, you know, it's a great conversation. We'll definitely talk more throughout the season, and we'll see what happens in the midpoint, the Jets and the Giants, everybody else. We'll see what happens. Anytime, sir. All right. All right, it's good stuff. And guess who joined the show now? Mr. Meg here. How are you doing today? Nobody cares. No, <laughs> wait, you mean no one cares? I no one, care. No one, care. no one cares that I got here. That dude was... Giving up some gems. That was a that was a good um that was a good interview. I always love to have him on the show. I had him before on my other radio show, but I love to have him just be in connection with him because he always talks about not just the NFL stuff, but the fantasy stuff's interesting too. Because I always play fantasy football. Is so. he located here in New York? Uh, I don't I don't believe so, but I think he's in Cleveland. I think he might be in Cleveland because he's a Cleveland's fan. So he's a Cleveland, Brown, Cleveland Browns fan. So when I asked him about Baker Mayfield, he was telling me, you know, he, he was okay with it. But he, I think he wanted to get Sam Darnold because Darnold played well yesterday. Even though he didn't he only have one pick, but they really were kind of handcuffing him. He didn't do much. But he went 8 of 11 or 8 of 12 or something like that. And he played well, solid, I guess, for the first team. So I think he's going to start week one. That's just my opinion. I even said it before he was going to start before training camp. He's going to start mm-hmm. week one. That man's just progressing really fast. And it's between him and Teddy Bridgewater. They're probably going to trade Teddy Bridgewater for a pick or a defensive player, which they need. And I'll see them, Sam Darnold starting week one. I can see that. Because I know the Darnold era is definitely going to begin. And then the thing is, if he might be in the running for rookie of the year then if he plays well. But the thing is, they need weapons. That's the problem I had yesterday, too, is that he did so much 
because of the weapons he had presented. Like, mm-hmm. he has to pretty much be the guy to do everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he could do that as a rookie. I don't know if he's going to be that Andrew Luck level in the first year where Luck had to do the same thing in the first year. But he had weapons, Luck, at least. Yeah, but he also had that suspect line. Yeah, and Russell Wilson in the first year, too, when he when he had uh, the most touchdowns for a rookie. He, he, he had weapons, and he didn't and do And a great much. line. Yeah, so I don't know what Darwin's going to do. But if he does well with this and he has weapons, we'll see what happens. That's the one question I wish I'd have jumped in and asked him what he thought of the, the Giants' offensive line. Well, it's, he tells. Oh, he told me that it was suspect still. Still, it's right, still well, suspect. It I mean, it is suspect. I mean, by today you're gonna see more sacks probably against the Lions and stuff too. So I don't know. The Giants got a lot of work to do, and he says they may miss the playoffs. I see him going. I think I predict them going eleven and five unless everything goes right for them and they're healthy. They could go eleven and five, but they might miss the playoffs even at eleven and five. They're, they're messing up Eli's years, man. They're really messing him up. And they're a tough NFC. You got Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, that yeah. defense, the offense. Packers are going to come back. Carolina's definitely going to come back. New Orleans had a great season last year. They might follow up. Falcons are going to be there. The Eagles, if they stay healthy, they're going to be there. Um, Seattle, I don't know. They, they're like 9-7, 10-6 type of team. If it goes right, Wilson wills them to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to play better, obviously. They got more weapons. I mean, there's just so many teams in the NFC. Like, it's so hard. It's almost like... The NFC is like the Western Conference of the NBA because there's just so many good teams that yeah. you don't even know who's going to come out. Although we always say that Golden State will come out. But the NFC is just like, I don't know what's a clear-cut favorite who's going to come out of the NFC. And that's that's where, it, that's where it turns into the Western Conference because there's no like, except for like maybe one team that kind of seems to have an edge. Yeah. Everybody just loads up, so now it's crazy. San Antonio is always a threat. The mm-hmm. Rockets are, of yeah. course, a threat. Golden State is at the top of the pile. Always. The Lakers are all of a sudden legitimate. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is. And, and same thing here. Like, I, I said that the Rams, they might go to the Super Bowl through the Rams and the NFC. And then the AFC, you got Patriots and everybody else. Yeah, yeah trying Patriots to be there. and everybody else. Steelers are on. They're not even healthy right now. Everybody's injured. Unless Eli gets in there against Brady and then it's a <laughs> Everybody panics. I mean, the Chargers. I didn't ask him about. The, I should ask him about the Chargers actually, because the Chargers could be in the running. But I don't know. I can't trust Phil Rivers like that. Like every year, they always good and then they're bad and then they don't I'll, really do I'll much. I'll just be watching the highlights. I know. I'll, I'll be, be sitting Because ain't coming anytime soon. Although that 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 case is still going on. The collusion case that he's. Doing I was gonna jump. I was gonna jump in about that. Uh, about that. What? Who said that? Not Phil Sims. What's the guy's name? Oh, uh, Adam Sheffer. No, 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 no. The. Uh, the dude who said they offered Kaepernick a deal. Oh, um, John Elway. Yeah, just for the record, that was before he started taking a knee. It was a part of a like trade. You know what I mean? It was a part of a trade. And it was a massive pay cut. Yeah, and it was a forty-two percent pay cut. Forty-two percent, like almost half of his money. He was gonna go from like, I think it was, I know he was gonna end up with like seven million a year mm-hmm. from like, uh. Like thirteen or like he was already making, you know what I mean? They were it was a massive pay cut. It was a terrible deal, and he just respectfully declined. But this was all before the knee, so it's irrelevant. It's it's all before the knee. the The whole thing has been since he took a knee. Mm-hmm. Have teams offered him any kind of situation? And the answer has been no. And for Elway to come out and say that. Trying to like switch the narrative on some Trump stuff, mm-hmm. you know, he was just, he was he was really being misleading. And I I used to like John Elway, but that was really corny of him to that we offered him a deal. He said no. Wait, what? Okay, <laughs> offering him now. Offer offer him the deal right now. See what happens. Like that's a lie. That's a huge lie. You know it. We know it. Interesting. So that was like super corny of him to do that. And I I don't know, and what it makes me believe. The reason is, is what he said after that. Well, you know, it's a collusion. I don't even know if I could talk. I just came from like a deposition. I don't even know if I can say this, but, and then he said it anyway. So you think you're under pressure and that, it to me, that adds to the collusion case. That just sounds like. It does. He's right. That sounds like Kaepernick's not lying. Not Every anymore. time they say some stuff like that, you're just boosting his point to me. I think there's a chance, though, that with all this happening, though, that you get a job. Because I feel like if Jacksonville, Blake Bortles, plays bad, I could see him. I don't know if they would do it, but who else would you put out there? Wouldn't you rather have 
who are the two quarterbacks in Philly that are injured right now? Well, Wentz, Wentz is coming back from ACL and, and maybe Foles and is, Foles is like messed up. Yeah, right. Yeah, shoulders strained. Wouldn't you rather have Colin Kaepernick behind those two guys? With that offensive line? I don't know if they would do it, though. That, that's not the... I'm just asking. Like, I mean, I would. If we're talking third string... There's no one else. I would just put Kaepernick out third, there and see what he can do. Third string? Like, as the third string, he's not better than your third string quarterback right now? He's better than... Yeah, he's definitely Seriously? better than third string. I would like, do it. Come on, dude. Like there's, like you said, there's no reason why that guy should not be in the NFL. There is reason at all. And that's why I felt like... I don't know what's gonna happen in Seattle. Same thing. Like, they, and I don't want to hear a quarterback. Exa- and I don't want to hear controversy when you've already let like murderers play, murderers and women beaters and 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 people accused of rape and drunk drivers. Drunk drivers. We're yeah. talking about a guy who didn't hurt anybody. Didn't do anything. He didn't hurt anybody. I'm I'm still trying to figure out exactly what your problem. He hasn't hurt anyone. Just like Eric Reed, also the safety too. He's Same not, thing. He getting calls because and of he the didn't protests. hurt. He didn't hurt anybody. He's not hurt. And I need people to stop saying, we don't want you protesting during the game. It's not during the game. The game hasn't started yet. It's not like he's messing up fourth and fourth and goal to, to take a knee. Like, that, that's never, nothing, none of these protests have ever disrupted a game. No. It happens before the game. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So, please don't. Like. Also, they're disrespecting the flag, too, by putting the flag on the ground, too. You're not supposed to be doing that. And Don't get me started on that nonsense. And they still do that. So, And speaking of boycotting, you know that the police union in Miami are going to boycott the Dolphins because of them protesting, apparently, which is weird. Yeah. One of their quotes was saying, we feel like this is a slap in the face, said Rob Skirvin, the BCPBA vice president. Many of us are former military members, and we feel that the protest to take a knee is against us. As an organization, we can't participate in anything with the NFL as long as these protests continue. This did not happen at last night's preseason game against Tampa Bay. As a result, the BCPA was not going to participate in the ticket program. This organization obviously does not honor first responders and the dangers they put themselves in every day. That is a complete crap. Yeah. That is complete. Here's what I'd ask those, those policemen. Why are you so adamant for standing up for bad cops? Why is that a goal? How why, how did they become your favorite people? Why are they the guys you're defending? This makes no sense. Bad cops? The it protests are about police brutality. Police brutality is carried out by bad cops. Mm-hmm. Why are you sticking up for bad cops? If you're a good cop, wouldn't you want to stick up for other good cops and get the bad cops out of here? Why why is that a why is that a goal to stand up for these sucky cops who are making you all look bad? Crazy, man. How is that a thing? I don't understand. And you get mad at the NFL. You get mad at certain players in the NFL for calling out people who are disrespecting the Constitution, who are violating the oath that they took to that Constitution. How is it that that's okay with you? If you're a former service member and former military and a current peace officer. You've taken an oath. You've sworn an oath multiple times to the Constitution. Bad cops. Yeah, bad cops are breaking their oath. How are you okay with them? Is this, is this, this is Game of Thrones? They'll be dead already. Dude, <laughs> don't get <laughs> I'm at, me started. I'm at season four of Game of Thrones with my girl. We've been watching. We finally watched it this weekend. Are you finally but, started watching Game of Thrones? Yeah, we started like a long, I think a couple weeks ago, but we're up to season four now. And just like. They, they they really take the vows very seriously. Like, if you break it, it's like a revenge thing, basically. They just kill you or something bad happens or whatever. They yeah, it's lit. Death, it's death or something else. Prison. It's lit. Yeah, no, it's lit. And, yeah, you see these policemen, they had these vows, and they broke it, and nothing happens to them whatsoever. And not only did nothing happen to them. I'm not saying don't them. kill them, but, like, don't punish me or anything. No, but not only did nothing happen to them, but other cops are now coming to their defense. Yeah. Which, again, makes me look at all cops. Like when I I don't like saying all of anyone. Yeah, because I have family members that are cops too, but not so all do of I. Them. But yeah, yeah. dude, like, what are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. We're the ones who are standing up on the other side and saying, no, we don't want to come to the defense of these rotten cops. We're gonna we're gonna keep working with the NFL through the protest. We 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 gave an oath to the Constitution. Bad cops disrespect the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So, is it? Players kneeling, disrespecting you, or bad cops disrespecting the Constitution? Which side of the line are you on? Because there's only two. There's no middle ground here. Like, you have to pick a side. And when you pick a side, you're saying, okay, we're all right with cops brutalizing innocent people and walking away scot-free and no justice is happening. We're okay with that. 
And another reason why I only watch the highlights now. <laughs> and you probably got to watch that until something crazy happens and Kaepernick comes back to the NFL or he does something. The funniest part would be, the funniest part that cracks me up is if Kaepernick got a job, most of this goes away. Probably. All of it goes away, if anything. Most of this, a good chunk of this, 80% of this goes away and for the NFL. And this is why Mark Cuban predicted before, I think a couple of years ago, when he said the NBA would be taking over the NFL. I could not agree with him more. Do you, know, you know how many subscribers on YouTube for the NBA I checked before because I subscribed to NBA for videos? Around 4 million. And the NFL is not even close to that. Actually, there was a stat on Twitter, I believe, about sales and tickets and, v- oh, no, like, social media and everything. NBA has, like, over 60 million, and the closest is, like, the NFL with, like, 30, I think, or 25. That's how you know people love the NBA a lot mm-hmm. more than the NFL than anything. And it might, be, it might be number one sport when it's all said and done, like, in a couple of years over the NFL or MLB over soccer. It'd be crazy. And look what look at why. Diversity. Well, yeah, that the players can speak up for themselves of anything, any particular issue, or whatever, and they're and they're okay with the NBA. Longer season. Yeah, the t- well, of course, people love Golden State. They love LeBron. They love you know all the other teams in the league. The stars are coming out, like the young stars that are going to be playing the international stars. So it's just a lot of things the NBA is doing, and the NFL is missing out. And I know the NFL is trying to expand its company basically to like London and the other places, but. They they even wanted a London team, but I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. That'd just no, be crazy. The, 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 the traveling the, alone. Would yeah, be that nice. the time zone, everything like just be too much. I mean, you watch you be watching games in the morning, like at nine o'clock in the morning, just to watch a seven o'clock game or something like that. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work. But I mean, I mean maybe. they've done it before. Like we seen where they give a London game on Sunday, like at nine thirty in the morning or whatever. Yeah. To like, basically watching nine thirty to football to like. 11 o'clock at night. I think the time difference is five hours, five or seven hours. I think it is. I something check. like that. But so still, that's a lot. If we're watching at noon, they're playing at seven. Yeah, something like that. Or if it's like watching at 930, you're playing like at three or four or whatever. I don't even know. They're ahead of us. Or are they behind us? No, they're ahead of us. They're ahead of us, London. They're ahead of us. So yeah. if it's noon here, then it's seven o'clock at night there. I mean, like the, the even NBA, they have these London games too. You know, they try the teams travel for like one week, and then they give them a lot of rest after they come back, obviously, because there's a lot of traveling. You know, there's too much on the body and everything to go from one country to another, and it's a different standard. So yeah, the NFL they got a lot of work to do, and I know it's preseason and everything, and the Giants played today, and the Jets played yesterday. Only like in week two right now, like a couple more weeks before the regular season starts the Jets play on my birthday it's Monday night against Detroit which would be interesting hopefully they win that game with Darnold starting as a quarterback and I think if he's starting a quarterback I mean I wouldn't be shocked if the stat line would be he has like two touchdowns and no interceptions and they win the game or something like that right I mean I'll be impressive for me and that'll be impressive for the Jets moving forward that they finally maybe have found the franchise quarterback which we've been searching for since Joe Namath and it's funny because Joe Namath's stats weren't even that great either and getting one Super Bowl so we've been finding a franchise quarterback. He could be that guy, Sam Darnold. If all since if all his his open his backup is pretty good too. Well, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Bridgewater is not. But he bad might get traded though. Yeah, because because he's now he's coming off. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't trade him either. But I feel like they want to trade him for a pick or a defensive player, which they desperately need because they need a pass rusher because they don't have no pass rush whatsoever that defense. Mm. So they definitely need to trade. You know that. what's foul about that? What if you're on that team and you are the pass rusher? And you know that the whole team wants like a pass rush, a and, pass and rusher. you can't, and you you're not good at it. And there's nothing you can do about it. And some some defensive ends don't do it. They're good at maybe just you know trying to get to the quarterback, but not really get to him. Some of them are just like trying to get double team. Somebody else goes through. Like it's just everybody's different. Their strengths mm-hmm. are different. Leonard Williams, I don't think is that type of guy. He can, but he needs more help on the defense end. Like, yeah, Khalil Mack from Oakland Raiders or something. Then it's a different story. Then now he will be double teamed, which means Leonard Williams will be open up to get to the quarterback if anything. So mm-hmm. it is what it is, though. Um, I guess before, oh, let me see something here. Oh yeah, about basketball. So you know, San Antonio now has like a a moral of DeMar DeRozan now. They have the what? You know, like that art thing that they have on the wall. Oh, a mural. A mural, yeah. Um, of Demar Derozan. Yeah, no, they no, have that's, one. That's cute. Now, does every player get that now when they go to the I, state? I, if if you want to keep them, I guess. There's all this talk about Damian Lillard coming to New York. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't either. I don't even know if I really want him. You think Carlisle come off the bench? 
Damian Lillard? No, Carmelo Anthony for the Houston Rockets. Uh, we'll see. Uh, they said that he, he should come off the bench. The Rockets said he, that they wanted to come off the bench, but but I don't know what I, I'd rather know what Chris Paul thinks. He's, if he says it, you think Melo will follow? Yeah, I think if Chris Paul tells him to come off, but I think Chris wants to play with him. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to bring him off the bench. I think I think the point is he's going to be back to Olympic Melo if he's with Chris Paul. I don't yeah. think he's going to do that with the other point guard. Interesting. So I think I I I don't see him coming off the bench being the smart move as long as Chris Paul is in the game. But at least the bench will be much better, though, the Rockets, if he does. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And he can still play as the bench team comes in. But yeah. I, I think I feel like the difference maker is going to be Chris Paul with Melo. I think the reason why Melo stunk so bad in OKC is because he was dealing with Russell Westbrook, <laughs> who's not a real point guard. He's a combo guard. Yeah, he, but he's not a pure point, and he's definitely not a floor general. And he's definitely not a shooter either. No, he's, I don't know what he is. He's he's a triple <laughs> double averager. Like yeah. he's he's hungry. He's a he, savage. He's like LeBron James in a point guard's body. Yeah, because he's just that guy. With a, with a worse shot. Yeah, that's it, pretty much. But he he's not going to do for Melo what Chris Paul is going to do for Melo. Melo Melo's going to be set up with Chris Paul, with with a bunch of other shooters around. Like Melo's going to be set up right. So. I, I don't know if it's even smart to bring him off the bench as long as Chris Paul is starting. That's true. Um, you know, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast before I came here, and because he has Stephen Curry on the show, and they, and um, Curry had an interesting point when he said in 2013 when they felt confident to take that next step of that summer, I think it was Jared Jack, where they won against the Nuggets that year, and they won again. They lost six games to the Spurs, and then the next year they lost to the Clippers, but they felt like that core was just growing from that point. Mm-hmm. He was talking about that whole process and everything, and how crazy it was that I think they were overconfident, kind of, but they kind of knew that they knew they could beat anybody to play their game. Mm-hmm. They were that confident about that. Talking about Durant possibly leaving. To go uh, Golden State? Possibly leaving Golden State. Where's he going to go? Because they, they think they can't afford to pay them all. Unless they take a pay cut. I mean, if I were them, yeah, if, like no, no, no bullshit. If I'm them, mm-hmm. I take a pay cut and keep the team intact. Yeah, I don't know why they don't do that. Like everybody but Steph, because he just got his first max deal. Yeah, he never had a max deal. He never had one. So it's it's too late for him to do that now anyway. But yeah. if I'm everybody else, I take a little bit off so everybody can stay. And to be honest, I think Steph is worth forty million. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. That's just me. I think he's worth the forty million. No, he makes that team what it is. They 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 go back to average when he's not around. But even him being it's in the game, they he go spreads the floor so crazy. It's not really that they go back to average. It's that they're predictable on offense. Yeah, because it's just Durant and creating and everything. If mm-hmm. you had Curry, then you have to worry about him going around circles and moving the ball around, whatever. It's a, that's that's a different style of play between Curry and Durant. If I'm them, I take a pay cut to keep everybody. But Durant, there's rumors that Durant may leave. And there's rumors that he may go to L.A. because LeBron called him to talk about him coming over there with him. And there's rumors of him going to uh, New York. There's rumors of him coming to D- uh, D.C. To Did he go to New Wall. York? Yeah, because it's close to home. Did and he go play with Kyrie the then? I don't know if Kyrie's uh, coming if Damian Lillard shows up. I'll tell you who I want. I'll tell you what team I'd like to see. I'd like it to be Kyrie and Butler. Yeah, I, I believe so too. Kyrie, Butler, Hicks, um... Uh, Porzingis and um and Cantor. That's my that's my starting five. I would love to see that happen. And Kevin Knox, yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah, but Knox too. Did I say Knox? You said Hicks. I said Knox. I meant Knox. <laughs> I meant Knox. I, that's my starting five. That's what I'd like to see. I think you have diversity. I think you have good defense. Playoff contender. Yeah, oh, yeah. It should be on 100%. paper. One hundred percent. No, because Butler is a dog on defense. Yeah. Is there you not too many people are making it around him? And now with the addition of those two dudes, the bench is now ridiculous. Much more deeper, yeah. The 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 bench is just stupid because now Hardaway is coming off the bench, and and Trey is coming off the bench, and Frank is coming off the yeah. bench, and Mario is coming off the bench, and and, and Mitchell is coming off. The, oh my God! Like if you want to play a, a really small ball lineup, though, you would put Frank at, at shooting guard. With Butler at small forward, with Knox at power forward, yeah, with Porzingis at center. But and and the thing is, Fizz is d- 
doing positionless basketball. He's endorsing. So I can see Frank play basketball. shooting or small forward. Yeah, and and, and and also if you put him at shooting guard with Kyrie, then Ky- then Frank could just guard the point guard. Mm-hmm. Gives Kyrie which more we, energy, which we all know he can. Yeah, and Kyrie could just get more energy all off. He's the only dude I ever saw a lot Kyrie of. It's kind of like Stephen Curry and Clay. It's the same thing. You know, yeah, play guards. It, it becomes a, it time. becomes a different thing. Unless and it depends on the matchup, though. Like if it's Houston, then you have to put Clay on Harden, and, and, and then Paul what and Curry have to guard Paul. And Trey everything. is still a walking bucket. Yeah, like off he, the bench. Yeah, he'd be perfect. He, he's bench. running around out here dropping forty-seven points in games on people. Like he's he's still a prolific scorer who just hasn't had his chance to break through. And I think with better coaching, that happens. I don't know what's going to happen with Moutier, but like I said, man, the team just becomes crazy. You get those mm-hmm. two dudes and don't move any pieces, the team becomes nuts. I just can't wait for NBA season to start in a month. Yeah, me too. too. Me too. That when you went I, to I almost want to go to sleep for the rest of this year and wake <laughs> up in 2019 when we're already, like, when these moves are ready to be made and see who we get. I'm really hoping for like Kyrie and Butler. Is uh, Kyrie stays healthy. And we get Butler. Like I think Kyrie's gonna sit out most of this year. Probably. Um, he's coming back, but I don't know how many games he's gonna sit out. Though. Porzingis is sitting out most of this year. Well, yeah, he's just sit out most of this year. Um, Butler, I think, I don't know. He's gonna play with Minnesota, but I don't he's gonna sign that deal with them. No, nah, I doubt it. He's out of there. Yeah. He's out of there, and we get him, and we get Kyrie. That starting five looks crazy. <laughs> I don't know about Durant playing with Porzingis because they're almost like the same person. But I wouldn't trade Kevin Knox for Durant. I wouldn't either. Because I know Knox has some potential and upside. He's got a wild good. upside. Yeah. I wouldn't trade him at all. And I think I think the new the new owners are smart enough to, you know, because they're focusing on youth. Kevin Durant's not young. He's not old, but he's no he's not a kid anymore. Like we, I think we've seen his ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get better than he is now. I think he's, I think he's kind of at peak at this point. Yeah, I think we're seeing him at his at his best. Yeah, which isn't which isn't bad. You don't know how long his peak is going to ride I mean, out. He, he was made for the bright lights, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he, he, when it, the shine when the lights brightest on the finals, he always shows up. It's, he, has, he has a streak of twenty five plus points and everything. So this man shows up in the finals. He's not shy away or anything. But I think <laughs> it's going to. Um, I think he's. I, I see him going to play in DC more than I see him going to play in New York. I see. I can see that because like, the, the East is wide open. I mean, you got Giannis, but then if you have him in the mix, it's almost like. And you got Kawhi if he stays there. Yeah, you he's know, he's not still, staying. Yeah, I don't it's, think Kawhi stays. It, it, I don't. Which is why I don't know why LeBron is calling for Kevin Durant because if you got Kawhi, I mean, what's the yeah, point? Yeah, you get who's playing what at that point. <laughs> LeBron is what the two. He's gonna be point guard. They're trade ball and they put him up at point guard. Yeah, because but they. Uh, I mean, can't say it because LeVar Ball said that it's Lonzo Ball's team, not LeBron. So whatever. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, nobody cares. Although I kind of respect his decision saying that because he definitely he was there before LeBron came. I'm glad so. he said that. But whatever team LeBron goes to is LeBron's team. Let's just get let's just get that out. Well, the way. well, seeing in, when camp starts, who really his team this is. Yeah, we'll I don't need camp. <laughs> I can see that now. Well, I mean, when 2K comes out in, in September, then say no, NBC is around the corner. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And I'm excited for that, too. Me, too. That's going to do it for today's show, guys. You can follow me at Mornis10. I'm over at Mr. Mech. And you could follow, well, actually, listen to all these episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. See you next week. Peace.